In the holy name of Jesus, amen. In the gospel appointed for today, Jesus says that Reformation Sunday is all about being free. But what does that really mean? By the time that Jeremiah became a prophet and spoke the words he spoke in the Old Testament reading recorded for today, Israel had been free for such a long time. Doing things their way and following idols like Baal and Asherah and Molech. So one day God got up from the temple and dusted himself off and disappeared over the Mount of Olives, leaving the temple vacant and really setting them free. He chose no longer to be their God. And shortly after that, Israel was devastated and carried off into exile in Babylon. That was freedom, but it was a very sad sort of freedom. It was a freedom from God when Israel did it their own way. It was the kind of freedom that always ends in pain and death. And then one day it happened, God came back. God picked up the Israelites and marched them out of exile past the Babylonians and across the desert and back into the promised land. The Lord restored his covenant and cities were rebuilt and farms were replanted and life was good. And there was real freedom, the happy sort of freedom that comes from living under the hand of God and doing his will. It was freedom for God the only freedom that ends in joy and life. It was very much like that for Luther as well. When Luther went to the monastery, the church had been free for some time, doing it their way. And so when he came to them, Luther was taught to give up everything, including a promising career as a lawyer, and to do as many good works as possible to earn his salvation. Never to be the underachieving type, Luther became an Augustinian friar, the most rigorous sort of beggar. He shaved his head, he beat himself, he repeatedly went to confession. He ruined his health, he ruined his soul. He laid awake at night and worried that he would be damned. He hated God. Try as he might, Luther found no peace, because just like the Israelites, Luther was free doing it his own way. It was the kind of freedom that we give ourselves, which always leads to pain and death. And then one day it happened, God came back, and he picked up Luther just the way he had picked up Israel, and he marched Luther out of exile, past the indulgences and the good works and the sacrifice of the Mass, and back into the promised land of the Holy Apostolic Church, started by Christ, and given on to the apostles and the people of God. Using Luther, the Lord restored his covenant the one of which Jeremiah spoke. And through him, the Lord reformed the community of faith. 
just as Adam was once formed in Eden. And sins were forgiven for free, and life was good. And once again, there was that happy freedom among God's people that leads to joy and to life. How did that happen? And how can that happen here? How is it that Luther came to give his life to mercy and witness for God and for others? And how can that happen for you and for me? It happens for all of us by tending the gospel, just as Luther tended it. Or perhaps better, it happens when the gospel tended him. By reading the scripture and remembering his baptism and going to private absolution and receiving the Holy Supper, Luther was changed and the Lord used him well. In Christ, in Christ's gifts of word and sacrament, Luther found the new Torah of which Jeremiah spoke, the new covenant given in the blood of Christ, the new covenant written on the hearts of men and recorded in the scripture. That gospel grabbed him and it never let him go. And so Luther lived a different life. He thought differently and he acted differently. He understood righteousness to be a gift from God and not what he had to earn. He came to think of his baptism as God's adoption of him as a son, the way Jesus spoke in the gospel for today. He understood private absolution to be the greatest of all gifts, where he was not given works to do, but his soul was comforted with a gospel that he himself could not believe. He came to adore the sacrament where Jesus put himself for our good, for our forgiveness, and for our salvation. And all of this changed Luther to a son of God. The way Jesus speaks of his sons in the gospel appointed for today. From that moment on, Luther thought only about how to love God and serve his neighbor. You came back again this morning. Why is that? Because you can read the signs or at least because you can read the morning paper. You see that we live in a time of moral decay and destruction and violence and death. In a generation that follows the most violent and wicked century ever recorded in history. And you want to find a place where you can be safe and sure and free and perhaps even happy. But how? The trickiest part of all of this is that we start out very much like Israel and Luther and the Sunday morning paper. We may not know it, but by nature we are Israel in Babylon. You and I, we are Luther in the monastery. We try to do it all ourselves. We try to make ourselves free. We go so far as to tell God what he should be like and what we should be like. On some days, good days for us, I suppose, that makes us proud. But on our bad days, we are weak and terrified. Either way, it is still all about me and my freedom and what I might create. And at the end of the day, as it was for Israel and for Luther, 
Those are the things that lead to death. The point of Reformation Day is not to start like Luther, but to end like Luther. To understand that pain and decay and destruction and violence and wickedness are all around us, but there is hope, there is a chance that we might come free of that and reform ourselves and reform this community, reform this church to live as God would have us live, all of that by His grace, by word and sacrament. For months now, we have been hearing about that from St. John's Gospel. Jesus has been telling us precisely what sort of church He wants. He wants a, re a rich, deep, thinking church. A church which knows its scriptures. A church which lives from the eschaton, the last days backwards, in the hope of being saved. A church that lives for others in mercy and in witness. A church that loves those whom no one else will love and does things that no one else will do. So now what else could be added as Jesus speaks again from John chapter 8? Perhaps it is this, that we, like, like Israel back from exile and Luther out of the monastery, that we too might have Jesus Christ full blast that we might have him completely, that what we pray each day in the Lord's Prayer might actually happen, that the kingdom of God might come among us also. What more could be added? This, that over and over again, week after week, this community is so reformed by the gifts of God, in the image of God, the image given Adam when he was formed in Eden, that Jesus gets what he wants from us, that Jesus gets the church he seeks. Honestly, I know that for you and for me, that sometimes can feel a bit like slavery. And regularly in Scripture, Paul speaks about us that way. And that weighs on us. And the temptation is to try to have it both ways, to back off just a little bit, to acknowledge God, but not wholly, to come to church, but just once in a while, to study the scriptures, but only when it is convenient, to serve God, but not fully, to seek God, but not strongly, to love God, but not with our whole hearts, to be free from God, even as we pretend at times that we are free for him. Jesus will have none of that. Jesus reminds us, if you sin, then you are a slave to sin. But if the Son makes you free, then you are free indeed. So there is the freedom which we think we know. And then there is real freedom. From our perspective, the Christian life can at times feel a bit like slavery. But this morning, the weightiness that you feel is the responsibility given to you as a gift by your Father 
who takes you as his own children. That is the gift of Luther and of the Reformation, that we have been drawn into a church where the Lord freely gives his Christ, his gospel, his forgiveness, and his eternal life in word and sacrament, and that these gifts have been given to you for your good, that you might live a life that knows Christ and rejoices in his divine service, that says its prayers and lives generously, that knows what it is to be merciful and can give a good witness to those who do not know so that Jesus can get the church he wants, so that his truth and his freedom and the wonderful sonship of being a Christian goes throughout the world. Say what you will, but if you settle for anything less, for some other freedom, then you are somebody else's son, somebody else's slave, and that will not end well. Good news, though. If you would prefer to be wiser than your own experience and stronger than your own strength, more hopeful than the vision of your own eyes and more charitable than your own heart, more eloquent than your own tongue and more useful than your own hand and not limited by your age or your experience or your perspective, as part of what the Lord has in mind for us, reforming us as his community in the image of Adam, in the image of God, so that Jesus gets what he wants, all his children back, all of them gathered into his church, into his Eden, then Reformation Day is your day too. And this church is the place for you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.